Mad Beef is kept going and growing by generous support from Skater HQ. Bill and the team have been heavily involved in the inline skating community since 1991 and continue to support competitions, skaters, and now a podcast. You can visit Skater HQ at one of their Sydney shops or shop online at skaterhq.com.au. Also, big thanks to our Patreon supporters. It really means a lot. If you want to become a patron of the podcast, find us on Patreon and pledge a monthly contribution. Even just $2 a month would be a huge encouragement. Hi, and welcome to Mad Beef, the Australian rollerblading podcast. I'm Mikey Lynch, and today I want to draw on what uh, the English author C.S. Lewis has to say about flippant jokes about rollerblading. Have you heard of C.S. Lewis? Um, You know, he wrote The Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe and all those Narnia books. He's also a Christian writer and um, wrote a bunch of um, more explicitly religious books, including one called The Screwtape Letters, which is really good read anyway. Like, it's a very funny book. But it's a series of letters written by a devil called Screwtape who's writing to his nephew, Wormwood, to train him in how to be a devil. Um, and in the chapter 11, letter 11 that I'm going to read, um, he talks about humour. And so you've got to remember this is devils talking. And so every time they talk about the enemy, they're talking about God. And every time they talk about our father, they're talking about the devil. You can't see what I mean. Um, um, but what I think is cool about this particular letter is um, how it relates to a particular way that jokes about rollerblading exist in our culture today, where... You know, like some people might just not like the sport for some reason, some concrete reason. So, like, I don't want to bully scooter kids and be mean to scooter kids, but I don't really like the look of scootering. I just don't think it looks good, and that's okay. I don't have to like it in order to be nice and respectful and welcoming of them and all that kind of gear, right? Um, so people might have actual criticisms of rollerblading or an actual clever joke that incorporates rollerblading. But there's a lot of people where you just chuck the word rollerblading in and it's kind of sneeringly funny um, without it actually being funny. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It's just like a word that gets used, an activity that is culturally received to be funny um, without any actual thought. And that's that's really where I want to get to at the end of this um, uh, letter where Screwtape talks about flippancy. And I think a lot of jokes about rollerblading are really this kind of brainless, soulless, flippant humour. Anyway, here we go. Um, My dear Wormwood, everything is clearly going very well. I am especially glad to hear that the two new friends you have now made him acquainted with, their whole set now. Uh, So so I'm glad to hear that the two new friends have now made him acquainted with the whole set. So this this guy he's trying to tempt has met a whole new group of friends. All of these people, as I find from the record office, are thoroughly reliable people. Steady, consistent scoffers and worldlings who, without any spectacular crimes, are progressing quietly and comfortably towards our father's house. You speak of there being great laughers. I trust this doesn't mean you are under the impression that laughter, as such, is always in our favour. The point is worth some attention. I divide the cases of human laughter into joy, fun, the joke proper, and flippancy. 
you will see the first among friends and lovers reunited on an eve of a holiday. So you'll see joy when friends and lovers reunite on Christmas Eve. Among adults, some pretext in the way of jokes is usually provided. So you do make some jokes, but the facility with which the smallest witticisms produce laughter at such a time shows that the jokes are not the real cause of the laughter. So yeah, you, you know, adults get together, they're joyful, they're laughing, they may make jokes, but the fact they laugh so much at the simplest jokes shows they're not really laughing because of the jokes. What the real cause of this laughter is, we devils do not know. Something like it is expressed in much of that detestable art which humans call music, and something like it occurs in heaven, a meaningless acceleration in the rhythm of celestial experience, quite opaque to us. Laughter of this kind does us no good and should always be discouraged. Besides, the phenomenon is of itself disgusting <laughs> and a direct insult to the realism, dignity and austerity of hell. I think you see that kind of joy in recreational rollerblading and mushroom rollerblading and, yes, scooter kids as well, right? It is um, a, a meaningless acceleration of celestial experience, <laughs> which is disgusting and a di direct insult to the realism, dignity and austerity of hell. That's joy. And he says fun. Fun is closely related to joy, a sort of emotional froth arising from the play instinct. It's very little use to us. It can sometimes be used, of course, to divert humans from something else which the enemy would like them to be feeling or doing, but in itself it has wholly undesirable tendencies. It promotes charity, courage, contentment, and many other evils. So maybe that's where more the recreational skating and just the fun of, of, of anything fits in, right? Fun rather than joy. Uh, it can promote charity, courage, contentment, and many other evils from the devil's point of view. Uh, so he talks about joy, talks about fun, and then thirdly, the joke proper, um, an actual joke. The joke proper turns on sudden perception of incongruity, is a much more promising field. I'm not thinking primarily of indecent or bawdy humour, which, though much relied upon by second-rate tempers, attempters, is often disappointing in its results. So... A joke has some um, value. Um, he's not just talking about dirty humour, which a lot of um, lazy devils think is really powerful, but isn't really all that effective, right? Uh, the truth is that humans are pretty clearly divided on this matter into two classes. There are some to whom, quote, no passion is as serious as lust, and for whom an indecent story ceases to produce lasciviousness precisely insofar as it becomes funny. So there are some people who um, see lust as a very important thing, and so a dirty joke stops being really all that exciting and, and, and um, appealing because it's a joke now, and so it's who cares? But there are others in whom laughter and lust are excited at the same moment by the same things. So the first kind of people joke about sex uh, because it gives rise to many incongruities, right? So they can actually, uh, because of jokes around sex, they can come up with actual inc un unusual things that produce interesting jokes. The second lot of people like joking about sex uh, because it gives them an opportunity to talk about sex. <laughs> so he says, if your man is of the first type, then bawdy humour will not help you. Um, uh, I shall never forget the hours I wasted, hours uh, to me of unbearable tedium with one of my early patients in bars and smoking rooms before I learned this rule. Find out of which group the patient belongs to and see that he does not find out. Now, I mean, in here um, uh, is um, like, I think that like it's a, it's a dated and cheap and 
and uh, you could call it homophobic or offensive joke. The, you know, the, the old famous one about um, what's the hardest thing about rollerblading, having to tell your mum you're gay. Now, look, that's um, that that presupposes that people don't like being gay. It presupposes that rollerblading's dumb. But at least there's a joke in there, right? It's an incongruity. It's a surprise. You're thinking the hard thing has got to do with the skill of the sport, um, and then it twists it around. So there's actually a joke there, right? Anyway, let's move on. So, uh, uh, joy, fun, the joke proper. And then he goes on a little bit more about jokes and the value of jokes for devils. He says, the real use of jokes or humour is in quite a different direction, and it's especially promising amongst the English who take their sense of humour so seriously that a deficiency in this sense is almost the only deficiency at which they feel shame. Humour is for them the all-consoling and mark this, the all-excusing grace of life. Hence, it is invaluable as a means of destroying shame. If a man simply lets others pay for him, he's mean, he's cheap, you know, like he's stingy. If he, or people are always buying you coffees, right? But if he boasts of the fact that he always lets people pay for him in a jocular manner and twists his fellows with having been scored off, he's no longer mean or stingy, he's a comical fellow. Mere cowardice is shameful. Cowardice boasted of with humorous exaggerations and grotesque gestures can be passed off as funny. Cruelty is shameful, unless the cruel man can represent it as a practical joke. A thousand bawdy or even blasphemous jokes do not help towards a man's damnation so much as his discovery that almost anything he wants to do can be done, not only without the disapproval but with the admiration of his fellows, if only it can get itself treated as a joke. And this temptation can be almost entirely hidden from your patient by that English seriousness about humour. Any suggestion that there might be too much humour can be represented to him as puritanical or betraying a lack of humour. <clears throat> and then this is, the, this is the real bit, right? Like jokes about rollerblading that don't actually have a joke in them. Okay, flippancy. This is the final paragraph that I wanted to get to. Flippancy is the best of all. In the first place, it's very economical. Only a clever human can make a real joke about virtue or indeed about anything else. Any of them can be trained to talk as if virtue were funny. Or, to, to spin this around to rollerblading, only a clever human can make a real joke with a capital J about rollerblading, or indeed about anything else. But any of them can be trained to talk as if rollerblading were funny. <clears throat> Among flippant people, the joke is always assumed to have been made already. No one actually makes the joke, but every serious subject is discussed in a manner which implies that they have already found a ridiculous side to it. All right, so you can talk about rollerblading, <laughs> rollerblading, as if you've already found a ridiculous side to it without actually figuring out an actual joke. If prolonged, the habit of flippancy builds up around a man the finest armour plating against the enemy that I know. And it's quite free from the dangers inherent in other sources of laughter. It's a thousand miles away from joy. It deadens instead of sharpening the intellect and excites no affection between those who practice it. So this kind of sneering laughter doesn't even really bond you to other people, <laughs> particularly. It doesn't make you smarter. It doesn't actually make you laugh, really. It doesn't produce joy. And then he signs off, your affectionate uncle, Screwtape. So there you go. I hope that was a fun little um, literary um, journey for you. <laughs> Catch you again soon. Bye. Mad Beef Rollerblading Podcast is produced by Mikey Lynch. Theme music by Edifice Architect. You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Stitcher and get in touch with us on our Facebook page.
Mad Beef is supported by Skater HQ. You can find them online at skaterhq.com.au. We are also supported by our growing number of Patreon patrons. To support the podcast, find us on Patreon. Even just $2 a month, every little bit helps.